Hi, my name is Farron, and you're listening to Hungry for Apples podcast. Please follow me on Instagram, F-A-E-R-N, and check out my website, Farron.me. Grab an apple, enjoy the show. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Welcome back to Hungry for Apples. This week, I want to speak a little bit about solitude and loneliness. Solitude and loneliness are essential for personal growth, just not necessarily as most seem to already see these concepts. Somehow, aloneness has been translated into not being involved with life as a weird social being programming. Depending on where or when you grew up, this will shift the reality revolving this idea. The greater collective seems to be fighting this because of herd mentality. But humans aren't herds. We are a totally different thing, disguised as people needing and wanting other than we have, and perpetually in a state of lack which really only strengthens the herd while we weaken as individuals. So I've been really thinking about this. What, what, what creates this? So for some of us, this has to do with, I would assume, you know, being young and being, you know, banished to the room for being bad or go sit in the corner, go be alone. You're bugging us, all that stuff. And, you know, not all that many parents, have a conversation or did have a conversation with why you were in the corner, you know, go think about what you're do- what you did, but they don't have a conversation about that. So this created a, a misperception of what that being alone is versus loneliness. And it just has become a little bit confusing. I've noticed Being thrown into solitude can have massive side effects. If there's not any preliminary training, the mind has some issues with this. And I think this is what is happening on a global scale, or at least here in the U.S. So what I'm saying there is that we as social people have been programmed to feel like we need to be with others all of the time. And then it's been confused by whatever kind of punishments we were given as a child. Now, I'm not saying go back and and talk to your parents about that, but this is something to reprogram. It's very possible to do. I mean, I've done it myself. And then if, as we are now thrown into solitude, this is having a massive side effect on a lot of people because all of a sudden there's a mass awakening going on and some people are having a lot of psychological side effects because they're alone and they don't know how to um, create a comfort within themselves. So if you heard last week's podcast or you, if you haven't heard last week what last week's podcast, I really recommend you going back to that one if this topic is interesting to you because it is about returning home to the self And I know that I've had previous podcasts as well on that specific topic. So when we're thrown into solitude, the solution would be possibly reorganizing the ideas we have around being lonely and having solitude. Solitude is a gift. 
but some are just now receiving it, as I mentioned, possibly by force. If this is you, I'd like to offer that this is temporary. Might be a hard gift to open, but this will provide the solace of loneliness. So, solace being comfort in times of distress and being able to provide that to ourself is extremely important. But also solitude is very important when in a spiritual awakening, which many people are right now. In that solitude, in that time alone, this is where you are able to really get to know yourself and your personal purpose. However, the discomfort of being alone is so high that people are unintentionally confusing the feeling of being alone and their personal issues and inner workings that need to be integrated and understood in a more heart-based fashion. It's a confusing thing to tackle, especially if you've never really thought about it at all. Solitude is very connected to the idea of isolation. And I think this is where the hitch is. It's as if it's some prison sentence. And I think this is feeding the crazy, so to speak. Either in personal self-talk or from others that aren't trying to understand because their beliefs are in the way. So you might be alone or you might be wanting to be alone. There's one side of that where... You're forced to be alone and you don't know how to deal with it. Or the other side is you really, really want to be alone so you can deal with it and people are impressing their beliefs on what it means to want solitude. These two things for someone that's highly sensitive might actually even feel the same, which creates a whole other confusion. But as we know, confusion is the state of expansion. So if you can spend some time there and creating a little bit of space, the value will grow exponentially. This is one of the reasons why a group yoga practice has been so effective for me and so many other people. Because there's this unspoken agreement of personal work being done and it is accepted. So you can be alone in a group of people. You can do your personal work while moving with the group. It's a different approach than most people are used to if they're not practicing in a group. Um, there is a special energy that is created and this is something that only can happen in person. However, I've learned by incorporating that into my life, the understanding of what I learned in that group, I take that with me off of the mat and I can really hone in on what is important to me because I took the time of separating myself within that group. It's a little bit confusing. If you're not highly sensitive or empathic, that may not make any sense to you. That's fine. Um, just move on. But if you are highly sensitive, this is something that is extremely important to get a handle on. What things feel like in your body and what you call your emotions. 
whether or not you're associating a physical sensation with some word or action that has been taught to you by somebody else. So how you express your happiness, for example, how you express sadness, the the need to be alone is misperceived by some other people as sadness, as um, like a prison sentence, because they wouldn't want to do it. So it's not even their fault, but they're blocking themselves off from their own growth. And you as a person just need to understand that. You can't do it for them, but you can process this for yourself. It's highly possible I've done it. It just takes a little bit of understanding for your inner workings and your own self-critic. The reason being flung into solitude can be a problem for some people is because they haven't had the tools to develop their um, the understanding of them themselves. And when we're in a big mass awakening, it's a requirement. It is very important to figure out which part of you is in control and which part of you you're listening to and get a handle on that, right? So if you're highly sensitive and you need your alone time, you have to create that for yourself, okay? No matter what other people tell you. If you're not highly sensitive and all of a sudden you are dealing with this intrusive loneliness, there's a lot of information in there for you. It totally makes sense that you wouldn't want to feel lonely, but you can reprogram how you understand being alone because if you can provide solace for yourself around that loneliness, this will exponentially help you in your spiritual awakening. <clears throat> it's not that you want to not be lonely. It's that you work on why you feel lonely and you rearrange that. This isn't easy or anything. I'm just trying to put it as simply as possible. This, is, this can come up in all different ways. And I have to tell you, you are not alone. This is a theme right now in this mass awakening. Solitude, loneliness, and distress around that. I've seen a lot of really amazing spiritual speakers try to rearrange this. And everyone is kind of on deck with this. We all want to rearrange the idea of loneliness and solitude. This is something that, like I said, is a requirement, but not something that will continue to, dis to be stressful. You can de-stress the idea. And the way that you do that is providing yourself with your intentions daily with a sense of speaking to yourself nicer. So let's say you have some inner talk going on. The inner critic is saying, oh my gosh, you're alone. How terrible are you for being alone? This is bad. You can say to your inner critic, hey, thanks for the warning. I want to be alone right now so that I can figure out why this feels bad. I know, so easy. 
try it out. Let me know how it works. Another thing to consider is that isolation can lead to detachment. This also poses an issue for a lot of people because their reference point is living in other people. Do you get what I'm saying there? Their reference for being human is attached to their interactions with the people around them. This is also why isolation is so confusing. If that's you, I totally understand. Take the reference point to your heart center and see if you can find some comfort there for yourself especially if you feel extremely isolated right now. If there was one thing that I can get across in this little podcast right now is that the idea of solitude is very important. It is essential for personal growth and for this awakening that we're all a part of right now. The thing is, is that solace is comforting but somehow solitude has gotten a bad rap i mean i know that some people choose to live in solitude but were they banished to do that were they someone that never fit in and they've chosen to do that out of defeat this is what i'm talking about you can be in solitude and have an extremely positive and fully abundant life But if you put yourself there as a defense, this is not going to help awakening. But if you know that that's happening, it definitely will. It's like a chicken in an egg situation. Another point that I would like to make is, it seems as though this is going around. A lot of people that didn't necessarily want to be part of a spiritual awakening are having this happen now. This might be you. I support you in your quest. Keep going. Hopefully, there are methods and tools that you've found to create comfort when you're going through hard times, when you go through the highly emotional things, the anxiety, the stress. The stress of shifting around your whole mindset. This isn't easy. I don't know why people are saying that this is easy, sunshine and rainbows. It's not. It absolutely is not. There are a lot of side effects. And this is why why I made this podcast. Because I feel like a lot of the side effects are coming in from this whole disconnect of what it means to be alone and what you can gain from that. And I feel as though the people that might be having the most trouble with this are the ones that have always been different. And they never really understood that it was a good thing for them to be different because of maybe where they were growing up. Maybe they're in a very religious community and they stuck out so much that they felt banished instead of solace from being alone and getting to know themselves in a different manner than the box that their community has put them in. These two things are are very interesting because they might feel the same. 
there's no reason whatsoever that as someone that is concerned with well-being and health that solitude is a bad thing it's just that based on the way that we've grown up or the way we've been um, programmed it needs to be rearranged a little bit the hardest part that I went through with this specifically is that I had to fully disconnect and in that disconnection I had to come to terms with whether or not people were going to try and contact me if I, if I disconnected. Whether or not they cared. I don't know what they're doing out there, but I had to process that for myself because it was comforting for me to be able to find my zero point and be able to locate that regardless of what the outer world is doing. This to me is highly valuable. But disconnecting is very challenging. And one thing that was very important to do for me, which I'm still kind of dealing with, is rearranging how I was using social media and interacting with strangers. We're all separated right now, right? And we need to interact with strangers. How do you do that? One would say social media. But what if you're connected to all of your friends and family on social media? How the heck? Do you do it? Well, I figured it out. <laughs> you go to a social media app where you're not connected with people that you know. And that's what I did. And this was extremely helpful. At first, I felt like I was kind of hiding there. But after a while, I just kind of told the people there that I was meeting why I was there, what happened, and that I needed to disconnect and reconnect. So I'm in the process of now reconnecting. The disconnect was really hard. I have dealt with all kinds of loneliness, solitude, banishment feelings, all of that stuff. And the thing that's interesting is it wasn't new for me. They were very similar to interactions I had when I was younger, being so different than the people that I was interacting with, family, friends, all of that. So because I had that reference point, I could rearrange that. I understood that because I had a reference point outside myself and inside, right? I had the reference, but it still wasn't easy. And as I said, I'm still dealing with the reconnection part. But I can say, even though I'm still kind of mid-shift in that, it was the best thing I've ever done. I found parts of myself hiding that I had no idea were hiding because I was so used to interacting with the same group of people. And these are wonderful people. Like, I love all of the people in my life. Do not get me wrong. But I can't control how they see me. I can only control how I see me. And there was an issue there where I had so many years of feeling in lack and the way people saw me in that way was starting to become just too much. I felt like I was defending myself all the time. 
And I realized that I never gave myself a full disconnect. So life provided that for me, and I went with it. And here I am to say it was the best thing I ever did. So if you are feeling a little lonely and you are providing yourself with solitude, remember solace is comfort. And it is the best thing that you can learn to do right now in the middle of your awakening. If you have any questions, please do let me know. I would love to answer them. I've told you the email before, but I'll go ahead and shoot it out again. Hungry for apples podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Bye now. All right. That's our show for this week. Thanks for listening all the way through. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider a small donation over at patreon.com backslash Farron and feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, F-A-E-R-N. Or if you have any questions, check out my website, Farron.me. You can contact me there. You can see my class schedule and upcoming events. Again, you've been listening to Hungry for Apples with your host, Farron. I'm just feeling it out. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.